You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, your chance to win day number 12. It's going to be a good prize, I'm telling you of the 12 days of Christmas that are good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. 960-960, name and location on the text line. Number one, what should Oilers and Canucks fans get for Christmas? And number two, uh, give us your best I slept through something story or slept in story. Our man Matty Rose uh, allegedly slept through four alarms today, but still made it into work just in time for the show. Oh, yeah, no problem. Just four alarms. Only four. Only four. Mm-hmm. No problem. Um, Tim McAuliffe is the host of Tim and Friends on Sportsnet, and he joins us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Timmy, how are you, pal? I'm good. I didn't need four alarms to get up. I have children. Mm. <laughs> okay. <That's... laughs> yeah, they, they, they provide all the alarm you need, mm. my friend. Um, do you have a good, uh, slept through something story? Cause I shared the story of when I was filling in for the legendary Jeff Blair on the Jeff Blair show in Toronto, uh-huh. uh, nine to noon. Uh, I woke up in Niagara Falls, Timmy at eight forty-five, and had to be in Toronto in 15 minutes. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, I feel I like I've slept through millions of meetings. I think when I used to work nights at the score, uh, we would have someone, you know, an executive would call, you know, the 9 a.m. meeting and you would get off work at like 2.30 a.m. <laughs> it's just, I feel like I repeatedly slept through. So, no, I don't have a great story about sleeping through anything. Uh, just repeatedly doing it and people being pissed off at me is probably the existence of the early part of my career. Yeah, it's it's just like us on this show. Hey, you guys want to have a meeting at eleven thirty, right in the middle of your nap time after waking up at four in the morning? Oh yeah, I'd love that. That's yeah, great. That's, that's great. exactly sure. what we want. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's exactly. Yeah. What we're All doing. these the, the morning show I've I've repeatedly said no to because I know that I'm not going to be able to do it. I can't function. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. I appreciate it. Uh, I know that it's a, it's a first world problem for all of us, but man, yeah. that's tough. I, I feel for you. Yeah, Virtual a, hugs. Uh, and we know we're just shaving years off our life, but uh, whatever. It's the bad years. <laughs> um, it's fine. Um, Timmy, I wanted to ask you, yeah, I uh, want to ask you about the Calgary Flames. I keep hammering this point to our listeners and my man, Matty Rose here. The Flames literally have now the easiest schedule remaining in the NHL for the rest of the season. Am I making too much of that, or is that something that can, they can really make some hay here in the second half of the season? I, I've been waiting for this moment, like, for the entirety of the season after the 5-1 and one start, basically. It's like for it to turn. And part of it is, you're right, there's the schedule right now, Georgie, um, you're right. It's all against the Pacific. There's a nice little stretch here against the Pacific. And like me looking at the shooting percentage numbers and the save percentage numbers and saying, I know this team is better than this. They're going to snap out of it now. They're going to snap out of it now. They're going to snap out of it now. It's funny because Michael Grange wrote a column. I was just reading it before you guys called about the Toronto Raptors. 
and talking about like not all losing streaks. And I know that coming off the win against the Sharks and should probably get another one, although these back-to-backs seem to be a lot tougher to get the two than it needs to be. But he was talking about the Raptors and he said like not all losing streaks are the same. Sometimes teams just begin to let go of the rope slowly at first, but then it, you feel it ripping through your hands faster and faster and faster until it's beyond their ability to pull it back. And the one thing that I'm worried about with these flames is does it begin to weigh on them once they don't get the wins? And I think that's the Vancouver Canucks, right? Like they had the rope and then the rope started slipping and now there's no way to get it back. And this is a huge stretch for the flames. Like, San Jose, LA, Anaheim, Edmonton, and got to get wins against Seattle. Like you look at the standings, it starts to get really important here. And I didn't think that we would be in that spot with both the Flames and the Oilers, to be honest with you. Tim, you got a pretty good finger on the pulse of the different markets around our country as far as the NHL clubs go. And I wonder if you've seen or if you feel like there is a market that is harder on goaltenders than the one that we have here in Calgary. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like that's a Canadian problem, right? Mm. Like the the, the mm. goaltending slash defense. Like every every Canadian market hates their number one defenseman because I don't know if you heard, but defensemen have a tough job in the NHL. But yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know if it's the market, I don't know if it's um, if it's the player, but you know that Markstrom is a better goalie than this, and you begin to start peeling back the onion on why it is that he's in this spot. And uh, listen, like the first, I don't know if you've seen the first period save percentage, but the the Calgary Flames have the worst first period save percentage of any team in the National Hockey League. And that to me, like strikes a chord about like why you're not getting that. Is it, is it nerves? Is it pressure? Is it all those things? So Maddie, I, I don't know if you're, if you're right about the pressure and the market and, and whether or not that's, you know, actually causing an NHL player struggles, but there's got to be something there. And every time I look at that stat, I'm like, why the hell does that exist? Other than they're not ready to play games. And and why is that? Your guess is as good as mine. What have you made of Daryl Sutter this year and maybe the way he's gone about <laughs> deploying his lines or, or perhaps uh, his always can't miss media availabilities? Yeah, I wonder when that starts to begin to grind on players and whether or not that matters because Daryl's not going anywhere, right? Like, Daryl's there to win a Stanley Cup. Daryl's had the experience of the Stanley Cup. And I just, I wonder when players start understanding what it is. Uh, you know, when the, when it's going good, there's like a bit of a pattern, right? And, and once you see that pattern, you can't unsee it. Um, but I think Daryl's there to stay. Like, I don't know about the Lucic 13 minutes a game that we've seen in the last little while <laughs> and what message that's trying to send. Um, but it's obvious, right? Like, he does these little things that he's just trying, he's trying to get the most of his players. And uh, when you're going to those tricks in the regular season, uh, I wonder if that starts to, to wear thin on players because um, that's when I'd be worried about the future of this team is when you start seeing players not responding to what Daryl Sutter is doing. But I, it, it's all like all with the interest of winning. And I think that if, if the team knows that, then, then they're good with it. But I, I do know he's trying to get guys going offensively. He's shuffling. 
he's moving, uh, he's being kind to them when it looks really bad, and he's being uh, remindful <laughs> when 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 it's going good. So I just I wonder, like you know, like I think Uberto is going to get going here, and he's going to be better than what you've seen early on. I think you know um, if you had a look at the standings, you had a look at the stats, they all kind of correlate, and the shooting percentage has got to start going up. So I just wonder if there's like some patience here and maybe a little less foot on the gas. Um, but I do see that schedule, and I do understand, you know, it's, it's time to make hay, as the broadcasters in 1980 used to say. <laughs> um, Timmy, I don't know if you're aware of this, but people in this city uh, really, um, they don't want to see the Oilers do well. Uh, they don't want to see them. Uh, <laughs> I've heard, yeah. Having no, a lot of wins. Heard, yeah. 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 I used to cover just a lot in of case you didn't know. That, that, yeah, that yeah. used to trickle across when I'd be in Alberta. I understood, yeah. Yeah. They, they don't wish them well. Uh, but just from an outsider's perspective, maybe in, uh, in fan bases around the NHL, are they the most frustrating team to say, figure your S out? How are you this mediocre, or how are you winning championship after championship with arguably the two best players on the planet on your team simultaneously in their primes? Well, that'll be the... Uh... That'll be like the the legacy of the Edmonton Oilers will be how many they win. But I I also feel like um, the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs have been screwed by this flat cap more than any other team in the history of the NHL of not being able to capitalize on winning the lottery. And Edmonton's won the lottery a lot and haven't been able to capitalize on it a lot. There is, like that, the Edmonton Oilers' history of winning the number one overall pick and not being able to capitalize it is what weighs heavier than anything, anywhere. And I may even include the Toronto Maple Leafs on that uh, and their first-round woes. Uh, Both of them, I believe, have been screwed by the cap. And Gary saying it might only go up $1 million, uh, could lead to even – listen, Calgary, if you, if you don't like Edmonton, you do not want the cap to go up very much, and you may get your wishes because it has been hard for them to, to surround their players. They've got to pay the Edmonton tax, uh, which I think everyone can acknowledge uh, exists, which means you've got to pay about a million dollars more for players to play in Edmonton, uh, like it or not. Um, you can just go through the history of deals there to realize that. But yes, if, if you do not like Edmonton teams, uh, you want that cap to stay there because they won't be able to surround those two guys uh, with the talent that they want. You want to hear my spicy salary cap take? I'd love to hear your spicy salary cap take. Uh, like, even if you said no, I probably would have given it to you anyway. But um, the <laughs> salary know. cap's the best thing that ever happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs because they never would have bottomed out enough to get Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Yeah, it makes the rebuild easier. See Vancouver, right? Like for the for the fan base, at least to to to, uh, to stomach the rebuild, um, and also for ownership because they know they're going to make money anyway. Uh, but I, I, this salary cap thing is a is a joke, right? You can't even make a trade in the NHL. Like it's 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 gone way too far, and they they need to desperately change it, and they never will because. There's owners in certain places that, you know, don't give a bleep. Um, but they need some sort of luxury tax or to just say, 
listen, we get it. It'll be $3 million more. And my uh, spicy hot take is that if it was New York uh, and Boston uh, with the great young talent uh, and unable to surround them, they would have figured out a way to make sure that the cap Mm. wasn't affected by the pandemic as it was, but it wasn't. Tim McAuliffe, host of Tim and Friends on Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza in Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. That play in the Patriots-Raiders game on the weekend, I'm not even going to get into the the incredibly blown lead by the Minnesota, uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the Minnesota Vikings. I I, I think, and we had uh, Charles Davis on on Monday. I don't think... Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers had any idea that the game was tied and that it was totally unnecessary to pitch the ball back like they did. I think when Stevenson pitched it to Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Myers had this quick thought where he was like, I thought we were tied. Why is this guy pitching it? Oh, my God, we're playing for our lives. You know what I mean? Like the way what transpired after the initial pitch – and then for and good on him, man. Like Jacoby Myers stood in front of the media and just said, "I'm an idiot. Like that, that should never happen. Don't blame Ramondre." But, but for like, have you? I was trying to think of a more boneheaded play that, and and I thought I, I had heard that Jacoby Myers was a quarterback at one point. The throw was awful. I mean, he didn't see <laughs> the whole thing. Mac Jones tackle was worse than any uh, the attempt at a tackle. My apologies. Mac Jones' attempt at a tackle was worse than anything any three of us would have come up with in that moment. Like, all you got to do is trip him. All you got to do, like, grab a hold of something. Like, it was the slowest Madden stiff arm that I've ever seen in my life. It looked like it was, like, Madden 2001. And you hit the stiff arm. It was Tech Mobile, and you hit the stiff arm button, and all of a sudden, Bo Jackson's a beast. It was terrible. It, the the whole thing. And I'm yeah. not like I don't. I'm not the guy that like rips on professional athletes. But in this case, it's well warranted. Let's be honest. Yeah. But he did stiff arm him into the Earth's crust. He did do that, Timmy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. Um, I, I, you know, I played high school football at best, uh, and I, I, I probably wasn't good enough to play Canadian university football, and uh, I think I could come up with a better attempt at a tackle than Mac Jones. <laughs> Timmy, we've seen uh, four teams clinch their divisions already. You got the, the Kansas City Chiefs out there, the, the Minnesota Vikings, the San Francisco 49ers as well. Pardon me, uh, three teams have clinched their division. Who out yeah. of those three would you maybe – Take as a favorite to win the Super Bowl. I'm 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 so intrigued by the San Francisco 49ers, uh, and and maybe that's not your question. Uh, I guess you'd have to take one of the you know the, the one of the the groups. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are a team that uh, that I think has every which way to beat you. The only question I have about them is whether or not um, Jalen Hurts will be able to. to, to to perform the way he did in the regular season and the postseason, and whether or not this injury is just uh, them resting him, uh, which I would completely understand, uh, or it's a real injury to his throwing shoulder and that we should be worried about it, but he should get rest here with um, a bye, and sounds like they might sit him out for two weeks here uh, to get him right. 
um, or to make sure that he doesn't get hurt. Because mm-hmm. uh, if I was the Dallas Cowboys, I would definitely try and hurt uh, Jalen Jalen Hurts in, in the game because that might be the only way to beat that team. Uh, but the but the Niners are really interesting to me, and and Mr. Purdy at quarterback. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're not supposed to do this in the National Football League. You're not supposed to find quarterbacks. Uh, with the last pick of the draft. I, I've been told that you have to draft them repeatedly. I've been told that you have to draft them in the top 10 repeatedly until you get one. And the history of the game would suggest otherwise. It would suggest that Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick, that, that Joe Montana uh, was a third-round pick, and that uh, Patrick Mahomes had to carry a clipboard before he got his chance. Um, I would love to see... Brock Purdy, after all this consternation in San Francisco, become the man that could take them to the promised land after Colin Kaepernick, Jimmy G, and all points in between. Because it is like, I mean, that's a story that I'm here for. Is Mr. Irrelevant becoming the, the guy that gets them to the promised land? It was definitely the, the direction I was trying to steer you in because to me, it's been one of the funnest stories of the season. You have Trey Lance, okay, yeah. we're all excited about this young quarterback, goes down early. Oh, but they kept Jimmy G, so that's a storyline. He goes down, and now it's Mr. Irrelevant, and he's going out and he's shooting out the lights in a couple of games. So uh, to me, it's been one of the funnest stories as we've gotten down the stretch of the NFL season. Yeah, like, I mean, think about what he did, too. Your first start ho-hum comes against Tom Brady, and you blow him out. Like, Doc Purdy looked like a much better quarterback than the GOAT did. And then, and I think this has kind of been undersold here, is you go on the road against the 12th man in Seattle, which we all know is a really tough place to play. Outdoor fans, it's a big game for the Seahawks. And you get that dub as well. Like, the, the two tests, you would assume would swallow up someone like Brock Purdy. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of the, the dude in the, in the clubhouse. He looks like he's 12 years old. Like he looks like this moment should overwhelm him repeatedly over and over again. And again, I'm going to point back to the history of the Mel Kuypers of the world screaming at me that you need to use your first round picks on quarterback. This is not supposed to happen. And yet it's happening. So I'm, I'm down with that story, Maddie. Like, I think that this, this could be one of the better stories of our generation, and it would completely blow up the NFL draft, which kind of makes me smile in the background. Um, speaking of drafts, um, we know Victor Webanyama is probably the greatest prospect since LeBron James coming out. There's yeah, no way a guy a while, who's yeah. at 7'4 should be able to shoot like that. It's impossible. Yeah. 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 It's impossible. Um, the Raptors, losers of six straight, and Timmy, they just look at injuries I know have been a problem, but the defense doesn't look like it used to. Uh, the shooting has been just bad. Are we getting to a point where the Raptors aren't that far off from being a lottery team if the, if the, if the draft went today? They got a 14% chance of winning that number, all pick, number one overall pick. Should we be doing the old tank move a la what they did in Orlando? and start sitting guys, resting guys, and they ended up with Scotty Barnes, which was pretty damn good. Is it, is it time for the Raptors to kind of, you know, maybe trade guys like Fred and, and Trent Jr. and say, hey, l- let's go all in on this guy because this guy's can't miss? I think all of those conversations are being had, George. I, I think that the Toronto Raptors are in a spot where 
Masai Jury and Bobby Webster and Nick Nurse are having conversations about just how good this team is. And it wouldn't just be like a rest and tank thing. I think you would see uh, significant pieces moved in order to get other things back. And I, like, listen, there's, there's an old story. I won't bore people, but uh, the San Antonio Spurs had uh, David Robinson. They tanked. Uh, they, he got hurt. You know, it, it kind of led to the story of, of how you tank and ended up with, with David Robinson and Tim Duncan and a bunch of titles. Um, I think the Toronto Raptors are looking at this season and this stretch right now as, uh, as a determination on whether or not they think that they can continue the way they're going right now. And I think the answer will be no. And I think that what you're going to see over the next little while is what are these pieces worth? Um, and remember, like, Gary Trent Jr. has a player option for next year. I think he's as good as gone if he's healthy. Uh, Fred Van Vliet has a player option that he'll probably decline because of the money in the NBA right now. is just ridiculous. Uh, so you got to figure out, is he a part of the future? Will he time out with the rest of your guys? Same thing with Pascal Siakam, who's only got two more years left on his deal. Like, what, what is the value of those guys in the trade market? And... Can you keep them and win a championship with them as your best players? And I think what we're getting the answer is no. You know that they can, you can win with them being really key pieces. Uh, they've already done that. The, the question is, can they win with them being their best players? And I think what we're finding out is the answer is no, though I will give one little caveat that the injuries have hurt them a little bit this year. Uh, is there one thing that you can really never answer? I don't even know what the number is, but I do know this, Timmy. You can't win an NBA championship without a superstar. But I don't even really know all the exact superstars in the NBA. People want to say Pascal Siakam is a superstar. Yeah, but he everyone's isn't. overrating what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And here's, like here's Kawhi the Leonard. Story. Kawhi Leonard was a superstar. They won a title. Correct. Like, superstar. LeBron James, superstar. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, superstars. I get all of that. You can't win without one of those guys. It's as simple as that. Can I give you a stat that'll uh, back up exactly what you're saying, George? Sure. Um, since 1979, only three teams have won an NBA title without an MVP, current, future, or past on their roster. It was the Toronto Raptors, and Kawhi could have won an MVP if he didn't load manage. Um the Pistons um, with Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace. And, and the Lakers the were in total Pistons. turmoil, the Shaq and Kobe yeah. drama that was going on. Right, right. And that, and that Pistons team had like five, you know, I, I believe at one point they had five All-Stars. They at least yeah. had four All-Stars in the team because they were that good, but they didn't have a superstar. So the history of, like, since 79, that's – you know, that's decades, and you've only got three examples of a team winning without an MVP. And I've said this. I, I honestly, <laughs> I'm going to, I had an interview with Masai Ujiri, and I brought that stat up to him. And about uh, six months later, he, he traded uh, DeMar DeRozan. They're in a similar spot right now yep. where they're realizing that, you know, with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, they had a limit. They had a ceiling. And I think they're realizing the exact same thing thing with Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet as I burp kind of a little bit in my mouth uh, and I apologize for that if anyone heard it if my ear pods are that good that you heard my, my little burp 
<laughs> it happens yes. to the best of us. A little gas yep. in the morning. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. My point is that I think the Raptors are in the same spot as they were when they dealt to Bar Rosen. <laughs> I like it. Um, Tim McAuliffe, watch him. You guys have uh, a cough button by any chance? Yeah, like it's it, it's never really accurate. Like it's we 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 don't have you in delay because we didn't we wouldn't expect you to have a good like f bomb tirade. But if you did, it'd be kind of cool. But you didn't, so I felt like uh, unfortunately elf. that went to air, which is fine. It totally happens to the best of us. Uh, Tim McAuliffe, host of Tim and I'm Friends. Yeah, I'm a human, I'm not George Rush. Like, I'm not ashamed. Uh, yeah, Maddie, I'm a human. I I apologize. I am flawed. Yeah. Don't need um, to apologize here. Yeah, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 3 p.m. Mountain, Tim and Friends on Sportsnet. Uh, Timmy, always fun to catch up. Um, all the best during yeah. the holidays, pal. Let's do it again soon. Can I enter for day 12, or is that? Uh... Uh, well, you got to tell us what Canucks and Oilers fans are getting for Christmas. Uh, the Canucks fans are getting the Canucks. That's what they're getting for Christmas. Uh, they must have been real bad. <laughs> yeah. Not fun. Yeah. Not fun. Right. They should get. Be they well, should guys. try to have another anthem singer fall on his face okay. while skating around a minor league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what yeah, they should twice. have. Twice. 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 What a legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great job. <laughs> that clip. Great job, Timmy. Thanks for this. Thanks, boys. Be well. Uh, there's Tim McAuliffe on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Come in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials. Yes, sir. At 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Pickup and delivery also available. At Atlas Pizza, 403-248-3344. What's that, sorry? I said yes, sir. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Atlas Pizza, let's go. Um, Yeah, when that uh, anthem singer, what was his name? Oh, I don't remember. Mullen McMullerson? He, got, know, he got fired by the Canucks for yeah. being like a denier and stuff like that yeah. back in the early pandemic. You have the clip, Alex, of him taking a big tumble? I think I do. <laughs> It might not. That's... I don't know how many anthem singers well, how... fall. This one. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't really. Can you hear it when he's like, and the whole and he and he eats Here, it. Let's just play the clip I have. Why not? Okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Mark Donnelly. Okay, yeah. Shout out the crowd, crowd for picking him up. That's a good thud. Yeah, that's a good. And I one. like how like his decision was. You know what? I'm such an awesome anthem singer. Grind. I'm gonna put some skates on and skate around the rink while I sing this because that's always been my dream. I I can get behind it. Sure, why not? You got the guy in Edmonton who loves to get right in the middle of the crowd and and do the anthem, which is also yep. cool. I'm all yep. for it. I like George Canyon when he does it with the last year. Beautiful voice. Had that great mustache that just shot out the bottom of his chin. Michaela Sheedy does a great job here as well. Um, it just reminds My me of. Takes. Uh, there you go. The, well, well, two things. Um, if you ever seen this is from years and years ago, um, uh, the Seattle Mariners mascot Mariner Moose. I oh, broke his ankle. Oh. Yeah, that. That clip of him water skiing behind like an ATV um, on rollerblades, and then he can't stop, and then plows into the outfield wall and dislocates his ankle, and his ankle is just hanging there. Oh, and then you no. see him with the giant moose 
thing on writhing in pain is one of the greatest <laughs> clips of all time. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna take too much joy in the guy like dislocating his ankle. But the fact that he's like, oh, my God, and he's going up and down, and he's like, oh, you know he's screaming on the inside while he has the giant mariner moose on his head. Well, what about the I, – I love broadcasters and people, like, getting hurt during the, the middle of broadcast. What about the, the reporter in the MLB this past season who went down the slide and, like – Yeah, the dis- Dodger guy. Dislocated, yeah, the Dodgers guy who dislocated his shoulder in the middle of a broadcast going down the slide. Wanted yeah. to be his own Bernie Bruner, Brewer there in Milwaukee. Yeah, he wow. broke his arm. Um, and one more thing. It reminds me, and we got to go because we got lots of stuff to do here <laughs> coming up. But uh, it also reminds me of, like, guys maybe, like, the Mark Donnelly thing reminds me of, like, yeah, the guy was really, like, thinking he was a lot more important and influential than he actually is. Um. You guys remember Ragnar? You know who Ragnar is? Ragnar. Vikings guy? Yeah, Ragnar used to be um, the mascot, the sort of mascot of the Minnesota Vikings. He was that guy with that very intimidating beard, and he was on the motorcycle. And he was okay. had like a skullet. Yeah, yeah he had a beautiful a, skullet tattooed up. Like, like he was the unofficial official mascot of the Vikings. Yeah. And if you look over at Ragnar during the game, that guy has your attention. Like, that's what kind of dude Ragnar oh, was. Oh, yeah. So Ragnar uh, probably had the worst agent of all time. Ragnar was making, by the way, sitting like on the sideline of Minnesota Vikings games eight times a year. The Minnesota Vikings were paying Ragnar $1,500 a game to be their unofficial official mascot. And not to mention the money he was making every Sunday during home games. Ragnar made a lot of dough on the outside, like going to like birthday parties yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. So he, he was making a lot of money outside of being Ragnar. I'm sure. So he Ragnar's had a representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ragnar decided to get, you know, an agent and said, I'm underpaid because I'm Ragnar. Ragnar wanted five thousand dollars a game to be Ragnar. Five thousand dollars a game. Correct. It's a sizable bump. So, it's a 300 so the plus Vikings percent said, bump there, pal. Okay, uh, guess what, Ragnar? You overplayed your hand. You're fired. You're done. And they fired him. That's too bad. And then Ragnar got all bitter, and then oh. he ended up being a Packers fan because he hated the Vikings because they did him so wrong. But again, talk about overplaying your hand. Ragnar and Mark Donnelly as he was trying to skate around doing the anthem, and then he ate it because he stepped on that carpet. <laughs> Bad times. Sometimes you just run into bad beats, George. That was you, one of you, them. You absolutely do. Um, we got to give away a prize here. It's day number 12 of the 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of our friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Um, what are the Oilers and Canucks fans getting for Christmas? And give us your best I slept through something story. 960, 960, name and location. We're going to give away a prize straight ahead. And I think I think we'll hear from Malcolm, Melancholy Malcolm again. Um, he texted me late last night, wanted to hear from the Canucks fans, and I think he 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 read some uh, Oilers fans tweets really? that he wants to share with our listeners now, here in Calgary. Would those I, have I think like we'll a, do all of that? Would those have like a general theme, George? Those Oilers tweets? Yeah, like he's yeah. There's I think there'll be some Jack Campbell slander involved. Oh, that's too bad. And do, should we open up the phone lines or no? What do you think? Mm, we got some good texts. 
I'd be down to maybe see if we can maybe sneak okay. in a call or two, but you better bring some heat. Yeah, and but if you call in, your your chances are are a lot higher of winning a prize. Uh, 403-240-4444. 403-240-4444. What are the Flames and uh, excuse me? What are the Oilers and Canucks fans getting uh, for Christmas? And uh, your best sleep-in story. Uh, it's the Big Show. Russick and Rose. We'll do all that next. Sports at 960, The Fan. Sports at 960, The Fan. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the Big Show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The Fan at the top of the hour. Julian McKenzie, our pal, Flames writer for The Athletic. Look ahead of the Flames and Sharks tonight. Eight. 30 start, much to Maddie Rose's dismay. And mm. Randy Hahn, San Jose Sharks play-by-play for NBC Sports California, the bottom of the hour. we got to ask Randy, too. How fun is it to watch Eric Carlson uh, play on the offensive side of things? And how frustrating is it watching Eric Carlson play on the defensive side of things? Um, but we got some business to attend to here, Maddie. Business. Uh, business, business. Um our great friends at Wild Rose Brewery have done a fantastic job the 12 days of Christmas, handing out a prize every day. Today's the final day, day number 12 of the Advent calendar. And we've asked you a pair of questions at 960-960, name and location. Give us a call as well, uh, 403-240-4444. Give us your best slept-through-in story, because Matty Rose slept through his four alarms today, yet remarkably made it for the start of the show. Or tell us what Oilers and Flames, uh, Oilers and Canucks fans, excuse me, did it again, uh, are getting for Christmas. Um, why don't we start off with, with the phone? And I think we'll get to Melancholy Malcolm as we'll wrap up the hour. Oh, excellent. I love it. Uh, let's get to the phone lines first here. Uh, let's say good morning to Todd. Todd, good morning. How are you? Hey, Todd. What's good, up? Good. We're great. Not much. Uh, what, what oh. do you got for us, Todd? Uh, do you want to do a slept-in story or what uh, Oilers and Canucks fans are getting for Christmas? I think Oilers and Canucks fans should be getting, well, I don't know if it's really the fans or if it's uh, the, some of the players and coaches. Because <laughs> uh, I think, uh, yeah, you know what? I better go with uh sleep-in story. Cause, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's more the hockey players and coaches need than what the fans do for Edmonton. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I uh, slept through my alarm. I kept on hitting snooze and that. And uh, next thing I know, I my wife wakes me up at 6.30 and I have to be at work by 7 o'clock at the latest because I have a real big uh, staff meeting with everybody and the uh, deputy chief is coming into uh how to talk with us and that so i had to make it to calgary within half an hour from crossfield to the police station oh and, and i did i walked in just as the meeting was starting um all right hang on the line todd um maddie you will tell me is that is that a a remarkable feat it's, you know, quick Google Maps, 50 minutes from Crossfield to downtown Calgary right now, dealing with a little bit of traffic. So to do that in 30 flat, that's, you know, it's impressive. You'd have to cut a few, uh, you'd have to shave only about 20 minutes in a in a 50-kilometer <laughs> that stretch. All? That's, all, that's all you'd have to do. So that's that seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Not let's dangerous. Get to, so far, I appreciate Todd calling in. Uh Todd was very torn whether or not to share his I need to speed like an like a savage to get yeah. to this meeting 
or what uh, Oilers and Canucks fans should get for Christmas. Uh, let's get to David. David, good morning. How are you? David. Yo, David, Hello. are you there? Hey, David, yeah. what's going on? Good morning, guys. Good. Uh, what do you got I for have, us? Uh, I Oilers have, uh, or Canucks or sleeping? Story. Okay, perfect. Let's hear it. Uh, I slept through my wedding rehearsal. <laughs> okay, well, well you got to tell us how and why. Well, it's uh, maybe poor planning on my part, but uh, I planned my bachelor party the night before. I had a bunch of friends uh-huh. coming in from out of province. I was kind of waiting closer to the wedding date before they all showed up, before I had my bachelor party. And uh, uh, suffice it to say, I had maybe a little too much fun at my bachelor party, and I uh, uh-huh. didn't get out of bed till 7 o'clock the next day. And about 20, 30 messages on my phone, and they uh, they had to, my wife my wife uh, had to find somebody to stand in for me. It was uh, a tad embarrassing. Okay, hold on. Seven a.m. or seven p.m., David? Seven p.m., George. Oh. Seven p.m. <laughs> um, that's a rough night, uh, David. Oh man, uh, are, you, I, uh, are you still num- married? Number one hangover of all time in, in my life. I actually yeah, passed out on my front lawn about four o'clock in the morning with the dress on. They had to carry me, uh, carry me into With the a house. dress on. <laughs> okay, I'm sure there's more to that. Um, oh yeah, there's there's lots. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you still married? Thankfully, I'm still married. Yes. Wow. Actually, and the positive was I was the most sober person at my actual wedding because the last thing I wanted, even uh, two days after my bachelor party, was another beer. So. Okay. Uh, hang on the line. I like it, David. Um, the dress thing's a little weird, but that's fine. Uh, 7 p.m., Maddie. Like, they must have thought his personal safety was in jeopardy. Well, at that point, I think you have to believe that anyone's personal, especially if you tear one off to the extent that it sounded like yesterday. Like, at that point, you start wondering, like, we, we put him to bed, right? Like, he didn't get out of the house after. Like, there's no way he pulled, like, a hangover on us and he's somewhere in Thailand right now or something like that. Uh, hangover, too. But you you hope something like that doesn't happen. Yeah. That, that's going hard where you sleep until 7 p.m. Uh, I saw this one on the text line, and I really enjoyed it. Um, Scott from Strathmore. I volunteer for the Strathmore Fire Department, and one night there was literally a house fire in a house behind where I lived, and I slept through the whole thing. On on accident, I'm sure. <laughs> I can't say I, this, but like... <laughs> I'm sure it's like a plumber, maybe, where you're like, hey, uh, your neighbor comes, knocks on your door. He's like, hey, man, my shower's not working. You mind coming over and uh, fixing this thing? Hey, yeah. uh, John, I know you're a firefighter. My house happens to be on fire. You, you're you not doing anything right now, right? You're not sleeping. You mind coming by? Um, Simon in the hood. I once slept through an astronomy final <laughs> exam in university after a couple all-nighters studying. All-nighters studying for an astronomy exam and then to sleep that, through it. Yeah. Nice. That one's tough. That's that's a bad beat. Um, a, because you stayed up overnight studying for an astronomy exam twice. Uh, so that's a bad beat. And then yeah. B, you ended up missing said test. Um, Kyle from Airdrie. Canucks and Oilers fans are getting broken TVs for Christmas. <laughs> I love that. I liked a few of these. One of my favorite ones is okay, this one. Give us a few. Uh, Oilers fans get nothing. You win the Lotto okay. Max how many years in a row? Get out of here if you think you deserve anything. Here's a generic dollar star card with no writing in it. Merry Christmas, jerks. Okay. I like that one. I like it. Um, 
Kyle in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. As a single father, I had this hot date one evening with this beautiful woman way out of my league. One thing led to another, and I woke up late and missed my daughter's hockey game the next morning, so I guess I won and lost. You're a bad dad, Kyle. That's oh, what you are. That's, that's a... You're a selfish dad. That's oh, what you are, Kyle. I hope you're driving to work with your daughter and she heard that text. That's a that's a bad bad thing yeah. to say. I hope you felt bad when you hit send on that one. Um, do you do you like anything specifically here? Which one do you like? I did like that one from earlier. There was a few other ones about now. Uh... Now I think David could potentially win on on the phone line. If David tells us the story behind the dress. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm really we sold put, there. Yeah, that would work for me. Can we put David back on the line? David. Yes. Uh, tell us the story on how you and why you were passed out at 4 a.m. on your lawn in a dress. Well, it's part of the gag with the bachelor party, I guess. We actually started with the, you know, little nine holes of golf, took a limo to uh, a little place in uh, downtown Calgary, and I just... That's what the, my, my friends wanted. They, they put a dress on me. I had to wear the dress the whole night. And, uh, yeah. and then uh, after about uh, 40, 30, 40 shots at, uh, at the bar downtown, yep. they, they had to peel me into a cab or pour me into a cab, and uh, I made it about three steps out of the cab onto my front lawn. That was, uh, no. that was as far as I made it. I have a question. Uh, what type yeah. of dress are we talking here? Is this yeah. like a wedding dress, or were you wearing yeah. like a sundress, David, like a little yeah. pencil, uh, pencil skirt? David, this is very important. More, more, if you like give a us a nice description of the dress you wore, chances are <laughs> you're going to win the prize. Very pink and very floral, lots of flowers. Oh. Was, uh, very nice. Yeah. Your Sunday vest <laughs> right yeah, in May think, getting out. Oh, I love it. I absolutely right, love David, it. David, congratulations. You win, pal. Let's do it. Oh, awesome. You want to open up the door, David? You want to open up the door of mystery prize? Let's open up the door, boys. All right, Alex, open it up for him. You've won everything. Oh, right on. He's won everything. Wow. I didn't know All producer Patrick Dumas. So uh, just a little peek behind the curtain. Alex, <laughs> our technical director, goes, I'm going to play every single thing <laughs> from the 12 days, and that'll be the our prize. Our orbit ain't working right now. I don't know why it's And not then clicking. all of a sudden, uh, I'm waiting to hear all these prizes, a uh, laundry list of prizes. And then I hear producer Patrick Dumas screaming, you and everything. Congratulations, David. You won every single prize from the 12 days of Christmas that we've given away, courtesy of our friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Hang on the line, pal. Congratulations. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's pretty sweet. Cool. All sorts of sweet stuff. What's this? Crew neck sweater, Hawaiian shirt, Hawaiian shorts, toboggan hoodie, beanie flannel shirt, golf shirt, a couple of gift cards, and a dinner for two. Take and bake. There you go. That's not bad. It's awesome. It's pretty good. By the way, not as awesome as our technical... uh, execution of that segment there master that was as smooth as chunky peanut butter oh yeah um i think there's only one thing left to do this hour um i think you're right melancholy malcolm sent me a text really late last night and he's like i watched the oilers and uh canucks games and both of them imploded last night i would love to read some fan tweets tomorrow morning if i can yeah that'd be and great. i'm a sucker for melancholy malcolm i can never say no i can never quit him so I decided to uh, say, you know what, Malcolm, we haven't had you on the show in a while. 
Uh, why don't you do a double dose for us today? Earlier on in the show, we heard him read some Canucks fans' tweets. Really good. Uh, let's settle in on a on a Tuesday morning, and let's revel in a bit of the misery that is Oiler Nation, courtesy of our friend, Melancholy Malcolm. At Crypto T-Dog, hashtag Oilers fans talking about how they have the best two forwards in the league year after year, but yet they can't figure out you need good defensive, defensemen and goaltending to win championships. Outscoring opposition 7-6 isn't a recipe for success. Hashtag f the Oilers, hashtag oh. Edmonton. Okay, that was well thought out and then just... At Kamapena, sometimes a goalie steals a game for your team. I would like to see Jack steal a period. Hashtag Oilers. Hashtag Let's Go Oilers. Okay. At Oil Doug. Hashtag Oilers time to admit Holland goofed big time as GM thinking this team was good enough for a contender. Holland needs to step to the mic and make shit happen or get the f out of the way. This is his team. At 97 Orange Crush 29. News flash. This team ain't good enough. And Jack Campbell is consistent with his four goals against average. They stink. They stink. Mm -hmm. At Dave So 479. Take away McDavid and Leon and at Edmonton Oilers. Are a top five pick lottery team at best. Hashtag Oilers. Hashtag Edmonton. Hashtag Fair. NHL. Don't disagree. At Cryptic Billy. <laughs> F off Campbell. Call in sick next time you bum. Crap Bell played like I'm a dog Hashtag Oilers. Wow. That was great. Thanks, Malcolm. That was really um, nice. I like that he called him Crap Bell. Crap Except Bell? Campbell. Yeah, that's yeah. a nice little it's pun. Real good joke there. Um, nice straight ahead, Julian McKenzie is going to join us. I have an idea for a new flame segment that I'm going to run by Julian and you. Straight oh, ahead. that's fun. Yeah. We'll do that next. We'll Great. talk to Julian McKenzie. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan.